Amen. Genesis chapter 17 and um, verses 7. And I'll give you the backdrop here. We're going to talk about the God Elohim. Amen. Elohim. It says, and I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant. See that? To be Elohim, that's God, to you. Notice that. Not just to you. See, God wants to be Elohim to you as he was Elohim to Abram. He says, and to you and to what? Your descendants. What? After you. I'll read verse 8. He says, and I will give to you. Look at this. And to your descendants after you, the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan. For an everlasting possession, and I will be their Elohim. I will be their God. I want to talk about God as Elohim today, or Elohim. Amen. A God that is mighty. Amen. This name of Elohim occurs over 22 2,600 times in the Old Testament. 2,600 times the word is designated to God. Names, as I've told you, are important. And the one thing you have to understand is however God reveals himself to you through his name is important. Amen. Um, you can experience God of the, the God of the Bible if you open it. And wherever you read, wherever you are focusing on, wherever you put your focus, that may be how God is trying to reveal himself to you. God, or the name Elohim, means creator. From the beginning words of the Bible, it says, Bereshit bita ita tamai. In the beginning, God created. Elohim. God created. God speaks. That's how powerful he is. And things come to life. Come on, somebody. Elohim has the power to create. The power to transform. And somebody here this morning, I want to tell you something. When you come in contact with Elohim, he will begin to create something new in your life. As Elohim, we find that God in his nature is powerful. Saints, there's nothing that God can't do. I know you've heard this before. And whatever may seem impossible right now in your life, if you call on Elohim, 
God, I call on you, God Elohim. I'm calling on that name. I'm invoking that name. I'm interceding with that name because there are some things in my life right now that I find difficult to get over. Do I have anybody? You see, we find here in this chapter, amen, we, 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 hey, we break in, we break, we break in in the middle of a situation. I want to show you how powerful this name is, okay? God had called Abram in chapter 11. Chapter 11, he calls him after his father dies. Amen. Terah. He says, Abram, leave your family. Leave the hood. And let's go do some good. Amen. That's what he told him. He said, I'm going to take you to a land. I, you, I'm not going to tell you where the land is. But I'm going to tell you, I'm going to take you to places you've never been before. Oh, I'm trying to help somebody. Now, he didn't reveal himself as Elohim there. But the story now from chapter 11, chapter 12 to chapter 17, we find that God made the promise to him, but the promise had not yet come to pass. Watch this. Watch this now. Chapter 16, we find the impatience of Sarah. She said, you know what? God taking too long. I'm trying to help somebody. You know how we do, right? We feel like God is telling us to do something, or we may feel like something is promised to us from God, and yet we don't have the patience to wait for it. So, so, so God called Abram at 75. He's now 88. Amen. He's 88 years old, and he's still waiting on the promise. I'm trying to help somebody with something. See, your time is not God's time. You with me? And, and you may feel qualified right now, or you may feel like you deserve. Ah, do I have anybody? You know, you may feel like I deserve, this, but listen, God is still working on See, had God given them the promise before, he would not have gotten that mess out their system. See? That Sarah would have her husband to sleep with another woman to bring the promise to pass. Tell your neighbor, you can't, you can't have substitutes. Whatever God promised you is for you. You can't create what God has for you. And oftentimes what we're doing is we're trying to, we, we're holding on, but we're not all the way holding on. So what we do is we go out and we create something. Come on, somebody, that God didn't tell you to create. God told me to start this business. So God told me to do this. So God told me to do, did God really tell you to do that? Here's what I'm saying to you. Whatever he promises, see, before you go on what God told you, find out what he promised. Hey, hey, hey. Know his promises. I knew I was going to preach. I knew it the day I got saved. When I came out of that water, 
baptism. I knew it. I knew it even before I was saved. Let me tell you why. You want me to tell you why? One day I was walking in the parking lot. I was still a Hindu. Going back to work. And this piece of paper stuck to my pants. And I'm like, man, what the? This is in the parking lot. I'm trying to help. I still got that paper, by the way. I said, let me. Took it off. And, I, and it was like a long piece of paper. And I, and I looked at it. It says, the spirit of God is upon you. And he has appointed you to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. trying to help somebody. This is a year before I got saved. But I took it and I said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me and he has anointed me to prosper. <laughs> I said, okay, I'm going to put prosper right there. I ain't know about no preaching. I, ain't sure, I don't know nothing about that. <laughs> so I changed the Tell you, never, you can't change what God has destined for you to do. See, I know him as Elohim because I see the power that he has to change us, y'all. What changes you is not you. It's the power of God that changes us. But the thing about it is what we have to hold on to is a promise. So after I got baptized, I said, man, the Lord's going to call me to preach. I went back in my box because, you know, I got fired and all that kind of stuff. And I pulled out the piece of paper and I translated it correctly. It says the spirit of the Lord is upon you and he has anointed you to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. I didn't need confirmation from. I got confirmation from the word. And see, what I find with Abraham, Abram, and Sarai at this particular moment, they did not really, they start, their faith started to get weak. And they put God on a time frame. See, could it be that God is preparing you right now? Could it be that you, you may think that you're prepared, but God said, there's still some mess I got to get out of you. Come on and help me, somebody. 75 when God called him. 88 at chapter 16. Chapter 17, we come into chapter 17, he's 88, watch this. Now, I'm sorry, in, in chapter 17, he's 99. So you're telling me it, it isn't until the next chapter that Isaac is born. Watch this. God called him at 75 and tells him that you will have a child one day. And that promise seems like it'll never happen. Oh, I'm trying to help somebody today. You've been saying, Pastor, you've been telling me God's going to do this for me. God's going to do that for me. God's going to do that for me. I believe God's going to do this for me. But here's the thing. I don't see it happening. The problem is we, are, we live in a very impatient society today. We have no patience. But I want to help somebody today to let you know that Elohim will show up when you are at the end of yourself where you can't help him.
to do anything at all. Do I have a witness? And I remember being at the end of my rope. I had no rope left. And the only way was down. But I thank God that that's when he shows up the best. Listen, listen. For 24 years, can you imagine? For 24 years, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God that he just got ready to know, the God that he was getting to know, for 24 years, God is cultivating the relationship with Abram and God. He's cultivating. Then he lied about who he was and that Sarah wasn't his wife. And he had the little impatient situation. And all of these things. He was a man of great faith. But watch this, saints. There's something about waiting on God I believe that people struggle with. Are you struggling with that today? Waiting on him. Waiting for your change. Let me tell you something. You have to realize or we have to realize that we have to get to the place where we're ready for change. Are you with me? This, 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 this story, this, this whole story, and then God, let me show you what God did. God said, God, God said to Abram right here, Abram, he, he shows up now and he says to him in verse, verse 7, he says, I will establish my what? Covenant. Between who? Between me and who? You. Between God and Abram. And, 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 and the reason that God is sharing this with Abram, because in chapter 16, Ishmael is born. I call him the child of the flesh. You understand? And can I ask you something? Are you familiar with God's promises? Are you familiar with all 7,637 promises where you can hold on to at least one and say, God, I'm going to hold on to your word. I'm going to believe what you say, and I'm going to keep going on because you are Elohim, and you are powerful. And right now, God, I'm struggling with waiting, but I'm asking that you would help me because guess what? I'm ready to throw in the towel. It's getting rough up in here. It's getting tight right now, and I'm asking you, God, please be Elohim in my life. Break down those chains and rip off those things in my life that has me bound to my, to my own. Listen, when you get into your own head. Uh, I'm trying to help somebody. Somebody here, you're living in here. And I want to tell you something. God wants to break down those strongholds. So, and he is, he is Elohim and he can break through because he's a creator. This name Elohim in scripture. Number one, he's God the creator. When you see him as Elohim, he's God the what? The creator. Amen. The second thing that we see him is in Elohim is he says, I will establish my covenant between you and your descendants after you. Look what he says. He says, not only is this covenant, see, a covenant is a Binding contract. Marriage is a covenant. 
So many people give up after 20 years, after 25 years. Some of you say you're unhappy, amen, but you made a covenant. You say, but, but does that mean I got to stay married? No, you got to fix your marriage. Hello, somebody. Because, because guess what? Y'all wasn't always like that. Amen. Unless you just got married to get married. But, but I want to say to somebody here today that he's a God of covenant. And he takes his covenants seriously. So as God Elohim, you got to understand something. Whatever he promises, he will bring to pass. There's nothing in this Bible. If it's a promise, you better believe he'll make good on it. You ready? He may not come when you want him, but he'll show up right on time. He knows when the covenant, watch this, will work in your life. Are you following me? So that's, as, as Elohim, he's God creator, but the second thing is he's the God the king. God the king. God the judge. The one who is king of all kings. Lord of all, of all lords. And, and, and you say, well, what, the, what difference does that make? That means that he has ultimate rule. And so when you know him as Elohim, sometimes you just don't know what to call him. <laughs> you could just say, I told you last week, El Eloah. <laughs> or you can call him Elohim. God, I'm asking you, because you're faithful to deliver on your promise, God, I'm asking that you would make a way out of no way for me. I pray, God, that you will begin to create something in me, and first of all, create in me a clean heart, pure hands, a life that you can be pleased with, a life that you, that can glorify you, no matter what it looks like right now. Are you with me? Not only is Elohim, he's God, the creator, God the, God, the king, God, the judge, but he's also the Lord, a God, the Lord and Savior. I'll talk about that later. God, the Lord and Savior. Here's the thing. Here's what I find interesting about this passage. He says that. He would make this covenant not just with Abram, his descendants. We are Abraham's descendants. He says from throughout their generation for an everlasting covenant. You know what everlasting means? It never stops. What's the promise that he made to Abram? That he would give them the land. So it's land, seed. Somebody been to seminary. Land, seed, and blessing. I'm going to say it one more time. Land, seed, and blessing. And you and I are part of this covenant. If you are a believer of Jesus Christ. You are now grafted into by the power of the Holy Spirit and you are now recipients 
of this everlasting covenant. Only Elohim can make a promise. I know people who make promises. And no sooner than a week or two later, they break the promise. But there's something about this promise that God has made, and he's making it to you and I now, that you have the blessings of God. You have the seed of Abraham. Hallelujah. And one day we will inherit that land in Jerusalem, in Israel. Are you with me? But in the meantime, between then and now, I encourage you that whenever you find yourself, amen, feeling distant from God, you got to call on Elohim. Because lastly, as God, Elohim, his character is compassion. He's gracious and he's faithful. Remember this. He's compassionate. I told you that last week. He's gracious and he's faithful. Say it one more time. He's compassionate. That's why he hadn't given up on you yet. Even though you keep breaking your promise. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, uh-huh. Gracious because again, he he knows how fickle we can be, you understand? But but watch this, but watch this. He's faithful. When we are faithless. He is faithful. And can I tell somebody something today? When you can't find your way out, you've got to remember that the same Elohim was the one who said, let there be light. And there was light. Come on, somebody. He's the one that spoke everything. into. Listen, with his voice. He spoke the world into existence. Hallelujah. God is the architect. Hallelujah. Jesus is the executioner. And the Holy Spirit is the revealer. And so his name Elohim is in the plural form. So it shows us the Trinity. That's what we find here. So when you're calling on Elohim, you're calling the Trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You ought to try it every now and then. When you just don't know what to do. Come on, somebody. When your back's against the wall and Satan has you down for the count. Come on, somebody. You got nine to go. <laughs> Amen. You got it. It's a nine count. Amen. And, and, and you feel like you can't keep going on. You got to say, Elohim, I need you. I need you to help me through this, Lord. And let me say this. You now have divine assistance from God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. You see, Satan cannot fight with Elohim. He has to bow down. To his creator. Oh, don't miss that. And so with all the evil in the world, there's still one more powerful than everyone else. And his name is Elohim. Amen.